on this nice, warm Friday morning. And it is warm. It's, uh, <clears throat> I believe my temperature said like 30 degrees, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, uh, not cold yet. However, it is supposed to get cold throughout the day uh, and into tonight. Excuse me just a second. Had to clear the throat just a little bit more there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to continue to get to colder through the day uh, and all through the night into tomorrow. <clears throat> Do everything you can to stay warm. If you're in a situation or if you know people in a situation where they cannot stay warm, uh, invite them into your house. I mean, that's, the, that's the first neighborly thing to do. And... Uh, 
Just invite people into your house. If you got a neighbor that's in that situation, say, well, come to my house. Give them a blanket. Let them sleep on your couch. Give them your bed. You sleep on the couch. If you're in a situation where your house is warm, that's what I would encourage you to do in that situation. Also, uh, there are warming places uh, here in the Belfast area uh, at the uh, American Legion. That is a warming center. Uh, I will be around the church a bulk of the day today, uh, although it's not supposed to start getting cold until afternoon, um, and likely maybe even be there tomorrow if people need to get inside. uh, There will be that opportunity as well. But watch out for your neighbors. Watch out for yourself. Take some extra precautions. Uh, Get your heat up a little bit uh, in your house today. Get things warmed up today. So as the temperatures drop, uh, uh, you're already starting from a warm vantage point versus starting from a cold vantage point. Those are a few things you can do. Uh, I know in our house, uh, we're going to hang a few extra blankets in a few few of our larger windows uh, just because it's supposed to be so very cold. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, in in our situation where we live, uh, because there's supposed to be wind uh, and the extreme cold, that combination together. So just, you know, windows, even if they are storm windows, triple pane, quadruple pane, uh, whatever you might have, uh, if if you have some large window area uh, and there's some cold air coming off the glass, do something maybe to cover that over. be smart if you're using portable heat. Be smart, uh, especially if you're using, uh, you know, propanes or kerosenes or things of that nature. Just be very smart uh, and make sure you get a little ventilation or something um, in that way. Uh, open up your cabinet doors uh, where your uh, plumbing may be. Uh, I have one one area of concern in my house that I'll be uh, kind of watching closely. Uh, just because of where the water lines are in that uh, in that sense. So uh, same thing, I encourage you to be, just be smart. Uh, maybe get a couple pitchers of water poured in case power would happen to go out, you'd have some water. Uh, this is an adventure that we're going on with this uh, these temperatures that are purported to be coming our direction. I haven't heard anything yet saying that they're not. Uh, yesterday, I did spend time on the phone with American Red Cross and with our local emergency management agency, as well as our local town officials, uh, trying to determine the best course of action, uh, whether we would be a warming station at Veracity. Uh, but there are other other protocols in place, and we're better to, to send people to those protocol places, or maybe even volunteer to help there. I know American Legion in Belfast is looking for blankets, uh, maybe pillows as well. If you have some blankets and pillows that you could spare, uh, you might send them to the American Legion or take them to the American Legion uh, in Belfast uh, as they're looking for that type of thing. But just be watching, uh, be smart, uh, be cautious. Don't go out. Take Make sure your pets are inside, all of those things. I know this sounds like a public service announcement, uh, and it is, really is. Uh, in many ways, we want to see all of you be be well and uh, nobody suffer through this, through this time. Um, 
one last thing I didn't mention, maybe if, if especially if you have some uh, water lines on outside walls, maybe go ahead and just run, say, outside walls, like your kitchen sink might be an example. Maybe let your uh, water run just a little bit uh, to help prevent freezing. Those are a few things you can do. Uh, I don't know, maybe Virgil has other things he would type in here uh, by way of some coaching and preparation for uh, what what we're doing. I mean, some people I know are going to turn their thermostat down, figuring it's going to get colder, so let's start lower. No, start warmer. At least that's what I'm being told uh, because the temperature will drop fast enough as it is. You didn't log in for all of this. You logged in for the Bible, and we're going to get into the Bible. We're going to be in Mark chapter 10, talking about children and riches, uh, not together, kind of two separate categories that we will look at here this morning. We're going to be begin in Mark chapter 10, and we'll likely transition to the synoptic uh, comparative passages uh, to, to to draw out some other nuances. So Mark chapter 10, uh, here we go. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Um uh, Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the little children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. So really, here's here's kind of what's going on. Uh, people are bringing children to Jesus, and the disciples are going, look, we've got more important things to be doing. And so um, the disciples were saying, don't, uh, don't, uh, Don't be wasting Jesus' time with these kids. I mean, we've got more important things to do. We have more important work to do. Uh, and it's interesting that Jesus uh, would rebuke them. And it says right in verse 13, uh, the disciples rebuked them. And in turn, Jesus, uh, it says in verse 14, he was indignant. Anybody that would come to Jesus was welcome to come to Jesus, and especially the children. Have the children, let the children come. Uh, let the children come to you. Uh, that Those were the words um, that Jesus would speak. Let the little children come. Don't hinder them. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And then when he says in verse 15, truly I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. In other words, with a childlike faith. And that's what we would learn if we were to go to the comparative passage over in Luke chapter 18. Let me take us over to Luke 18 and uh, verse 15. Because I want to draw out this little nuance here. Uh, let the little children come, verse 16. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. 
What does it mean to receive the kingdom of God like a little child? It's childlike faith. It's simplicity. Often we approach the kingdom of God and we want all the answers. Uh, We want it to be uh, intellectual. Uh, We want it to be dignified. Uh, We want all kinds of things in that regard. But yet Jesus is saying, if you will not receive the kingdom just in great simplicity, then, then you're really not receiving it the way that you need to receive it. We need to receive the kingdom in all simplicity, uh, just simply trusting the Father, uh, not making it exacting. Now, and I'm not saying that there won't be people who, um, who press in wanting uh, uh, extra insight, wanting uh, extra intelligence, uh, maybe wanting a favor. Uh, there, there will be people who, who will need a strong apologetic to finally break down and finally believe the gospel. But ultimately, it's a surrender. Ultimately, it's a yielding. Ultimately, it is, it is trusting by faith. And the problem that we have, and, and we will see this in the next little section that we're going to get into, is that we want heaven by merit. We want we we want that heaven would be given to us because uh, we have uh, done something for God. We want heaven because we deserve it because we've been a, basically a nice and a good decent person, but it doesn't work like that. We, we don't get heaven in that way. Now, a, a rich young ruler will go on and ask Jesus the question, and we'll, we'll stay here in Luke 18 and, and look at this question to see the question that was asked, and here it is. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I mean, there are people who are asking the question, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? First thing Jesus says is, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. Now, he doesn't reject this. This is a way of him saying, uh, yes, I am good because I am also God, uh, in verse 19. So he, he could be saying, don't call me good. That's what he could have said. But he didn't say, don't call me good. He, he asked a question, why do you call me good? Are you recognizing me as God? No one is good except God alone. It says, you know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Those are the commandments. And then the man says, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Now, you can look at the, the, the this is really a sample list. These are not all the commandments. These are like second half uh, of the Ten Commandments. Commandments, don't commit adultery. Now, there are other places where Jesus would challenge adultery with not only adultery of the flesh, but adultery of the mind. You shall not murder, but there are other places where Jesus will uh, challenge um, murder, and it's not just the murder of the flesh, literally killing someone, 
And that doesn't include animals, by the way. Those that think uh, killing animals is murder, it is not. It's killing animals. Sorry if you disagree, but murder is reserved mankind to mankind. So you shall not murder. That's an act of the flesh. But other places like, excuse me, in Matthew uh, 5, Jesus will challenge the notion that if you hate your brother, it's as good as murder. Uh, You shall not steal. Well, you, you might not steal in the flesh by literally taking, but he gets into the idea of coveting and envy uh, and covetousness uh, being something that we do in the mind that can be just as evil as what we do in the flesh. You shall not give false testimony. How easy is does that come to us? To falsify a situation a little bit by not giving all the facts, by not telling all the details, by spicing it up a little bit, or by, you know, just cooling it off, leaving a few a few details out, causes us to give false testimony. We must be so careful of that. Uh, honor your father and mother. Now, I know people that say, well, I'm not going to honor them because they were not honorable. I don't see in the scripture anywhere where it says to not honor them, even if they're dishonorable. I, I, I don't see it. Um, study that one out, chase that one down, that concept, honor your father and mother. I mean, I, I was called to honor my father and mother, even though, uh, especially in the earlier days of my Christian faith, uh, they were, they were anti the faith. Uh, and there was a lot of, and I've shared some of this before, some difficult, challenging things with my father. Uh, yet nonetheless, the call of Scripture doesn't say anything about their behavior. It says everything about my responsibility to honor them. Now, all these things, the man says in verse 21, he says, I have kept all these things since I was a boy. I've done them. And then when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. And Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who ask, who then can be saved? Now, I'll come back to that question because Jesus provides the answer uh, in the next couple of verses here. But notice what he said. Sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. What holds our heart? I mean, that, that's kind of the question here. Is Jesus telling you and me to sell everything we have? Now, I'll be honest, sometimes I think, let's sell everything we have, uh, get completely out of debt, uh, live in a tent, uh, and be far less stressful than, than, you know, the necessity of having jobs and, uh, you know, needing to make mortgage payments or car payments or school payments or all those things. Um, some ways, I think it would be much easier that way. He's not saying that we need to be poor. But here's the thing. When we grab the wealth, 
and hold it for ourselves when there are needs that could be met. Uh, we, we might be missing the mark. He's challenging the man about what the priority will be. Even if the man didn't give away everything, the, the, the thing that must be the, the greatest rich, uh, of the greatest value, that's the word I want to say, to the man needs to be the kingdom of God, needs to be the king of the kingdom of God, the Lord Jesus himself. Uh, and for us to ask ourselves the question, I mean, what, what has the greatest value? What has the greatest worth? Our earthly possessions, even our families, or is it the kingdom of God? I, I'm going to be going to Africa in March, and I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, I was talking to my uh, counterpart uh, in uh, South Sudan yesterday, Joseph, and getting the sense of need. Now, a little bit that we'll be doing over there, and this is an invitation for you to perhaps participate with me uh, in, in what we're doing there, uh, is, uh, you know, Joseph doesn't have a lot of resources. Uh, South Sudan is, is a relatively poor country uh, in many ways. Uh, and yes, there is growing uh, growing opportunity, but, you know, we're talking about how do we uh, help uh, pastors create some micro-businesses uh, that uh, will help them sustain themselves. Uh, these pastors don't have the opportunity of training. They can't afford it. So we're looking over the next few years, how do we create some educational opportunities and maybe even provide the funding for those educational opportunities to train those pastors who are seeking to be faithful to the Word of God, faithful to bring the gospel, faithful to help people grow. Uh, and uh, that, that's going to be some of the work that we're going to be doing there uh, in South Sudan. And I, I'll be going there in March, late March, and the time is kind of ticking down here. Uh, and if you would want to participate with me, I mean, yes, I've got obvious travel costs, but I have to also think about how to raise funding so I, so Joseph can also travel to some of the places we need to go. Uh, the only way we can get there is to take a mission, uh, mission aviation fellowship plane uh, from one location to the other to, to get to some remote places where there are several villages and several pastors, uh, and it, it, it all takes funding. Um, if you want to participate, message me uh, privately and say, I, I want to help out. Uh, we're, we're working on getting uh, some links set up, but it's just going a little bit slower than, than I would like to see it go. Uh, and so we're going to maybe create another mechanism here uh, today or over this weekend. If you want to give and have a gift be tax deductible, we're going to create a mechanism, a way for that to happen. Um, the cost for us to to charter the the plane, the Mission Missions Aviation Fellowship (MAF), it's called, uh, is twelve hundred dollars, uh, and uh, and we really need to try to get over to to those pastors and uh, to to visit with them and to do some training and some encouraging. Uh, this is this is the front end of of, of beginning to build something. Talked to my friend Bob Emrick uh, uh, this past week and. Uh, 
what they're doing in Uganda. And uh, my friend, Jerry Mick, who was uh, the, the former pastor at uh, for a number of years up at uh, Cross Point, and uh, what they're doing in other places in Asia, and, and not recreating wheels, but replicating wheels and making it work in South Sudan. So uh, let me know. Uh, you can message me and say, hey, I want to be part of that. Uh, certainly, I've got a I've got plane flights I've got to make sure and cover, but then our travel cost as we travel, uh, I, I want to try to pick up the cost for Joseph, uh, if able. And this is this is going to be a, a, a theme of ministry for me going ahead. And I just invite you, if you want to be a part of that, to, to let me know, and uh, we will get you sent the link. And... Uh, if you want to help out. And, and there can be other ways. I, I certainly need prayer coverage. Some some might say, look, I don't have resources that I can uh, I can give, but we need prayer coverage. I mean, listen, I mean, not that long ago, this country was war-torn, and, and it isn't exactly totally peace, peaceful yet, totally. And uh, so we need prayer coverage. We need uh, coverage that God would meet us in significant ways. That That is a way, uh, and, and there will probably be uh, lots of opportunity over the next uh, five to 10 years to participate, but thinking about wealth, uh, thinking about e- even helping people here in the States uh, that have needs. There's all kinds of things that, that we can do with our wealth. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if you treasure the the kingdom of God, the the, the ways of God, the works of God, you invest in those things. Now, let's come back over to the passage here in Luke chapter 18. Notice what it said. When he heard this, he became sad because he was very wealthy. Now, notice what Jesus said. He told him to sell everything you have. And in the the issue is, what are we willing to surrender to God? Are we willing to say, what I have is yours, God? I mean, we need to remember in the first place that, that God gave us what we have. And, and, and this is a Christian mindset that, uh, that we need to have, that what we have isn't ours. God has given it to us. God has loaned us what we have. And you go, wait a minute, I work for what I have. God gave you the ability to work. God gave you the ability to have the job. You know, um, so you look at it and say, what I have is yours, God. You and I are called to be stewards. Friends, this is this is Christian perspective uh, on possessions. Our possessions are God's possessions. And if God says, uh, you know, I want you to take that blanket and take it down to uh, the American Legion today, then you take that blanket down to the American Legion today. Uh if God says to you, I want you to give this car to somebody that has this need, you give that car to somebody that has need. Uh, if God says to you, uh, I, I want you to uh, uh, give a gift to the American Legion, or I want you to bake brownies and take to the American Legion, you, you, you do what he tells you. Uh, and just say, God, what I have is yours. And the idea is, in the Christian life, it is full surrender to Christ. Our time, we surrender to Christ. Our, our resources, we surrender to Christ. Uh, our thoughts, we surrender to Christ. And say, and I'm not saying we don't work, I, 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 but as we're working, we're surrendered to Christ. This is what he is asking the man to do. That which was most important to him being the, the possessions, um, Christ is asking him to surrender those things. That's what he's looking for. 
Now, continuing in the passage, Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Not only the rich, but sometimes the intellectual. Sometimes it's the rich because it's like, well, I, I'm going to earn my way to heaven or I'm going to give my way to heaven. No, there's only one way to heaven, and that is by faith in Jesus Christ alone, period. That is it. Those who heard this said, then who can be saved? And Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Now, this is this is where we, we hear all things are possible with God, but yet, the implication of this has to do with salvation. It isn't talking about, you know, everything is possible for God, which which is, you know, and I'm praying, you know, I, I'm praying uh, for about $10,000 $10, to do the things that I need to do in this in the springtime. It's possible with God. God can make that happen. Um, some of you were praying uh, as well, you know, to have money to pay your rent. And, and it, all of these things are important. And so we look to God and believe that things are possible with God. But in this context, the reference is things that are impossible with man, saving oneself is possible with God because God allows us invites us into salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. Peter asked a question. We have left all we had to follow you. And Jesus says to them, no one has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. A key is in verse 29, for the sake of the kingdom of God. Now, is Jesus saying you should leave your wife? Well, uh, if you choose to follow Christ and your wife or your husband says, I want nothing to do with that, uh, either either you deny the faith um, or I'm out of here. Sometimes those, those are the decisions that are made, and, and what will you choose? Deny the faith or deny the spouse or brothers or sisters or parents. And that, for me, in my early years was part of my experience not having uh, brothers and sisters who were supportive at all. In fact, thought I was brainwashed or it was some teenage whim, and here I am some 40, almost 43 years later. No teenage whim, friends, none whatsoever says, we'll fail to receive as many times in this life. Now, some would take this to mean that God's going to make you rich in this life. Uh, I, I don't think that is what Jesus is actually saying. I've received much more than what I've ever lost in following Jesus. I have a family. I have all of you. Um, I have my church family, and my church family is not just the, the family directly at veracity, but church family in Washington, D.C., uh, church family um, in western Pennsylvania. Uh, and because of some of my denominational roles, I have church family scattered all over the place. My church family scattered uh, internationally. I mean, I have received so much more in following Christ than what I've ever had to give up. Now, I'll be honest, sometimes you think, well, you know, if I weren't following Christ and weren't being a pastor, I could go land a, you know, a, a six-figure job somewhere. It's not what I'm called to. Uh, would I sometimes like to have a six-figure job? Absolutely. Uh, who wouldn't? But yet we have to think about what has God called us to do. 
and I'm called to to ministry. I am called to the kingdom work, and uh, you know, I I heartily invite uh, God's particip- the participation of God's people with me in that. But what about you? I mean, what have you gained in following Christ? I just look at the names here in in the comments and and to think about all I have gained uh, as a follower of Jesus. What a wonderful family that we have. What blessings from God that we have. Are we not blessed as followers of Jesus? I believe we are. But I I just want to encourage you today as we kind of wrap up this week, have the faith of a child. Be surrendered to Jesus. If If you're not a Christian, if you're not saved yet, if you're not born again yet, if your name is not yet written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then I encourage you to trust Christ by faith. Acknowledge your sins to him. Acknowledge your need of a Savior. Uh, invite him to be your Savior and Lord, and he will do that. John 1.12, for as many as receive him, even to those who believe in his name, he's given them the right to be called children of God. Become God's child today. For the rest of us today, let's walk with him. Let's be surrendered with him. Let's say, God, how can I participate with you in kingdom work from where I sit, from what I do? Help me to serve you today, Lord, for the glory of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, that is a wrap. Hey, on Sunday, we've got some great interviews coming up during the service. Uh, Fairhaven Camps will be represented with us on Sunday. Uh, Abby Morris uh, Morrissey will be with us on Sunday. Also, some testimonies from some of our Uh, incoming elders uh, or deacons that will be uh, affirming in a week, uh, hopefully affirming in a week. Uh, Some great testimonies. You don't want to miss it. Hey, have a great day, everyone. I will see you Sunday.